college football in full swing, but that doesn't mean that recruiting is taking a backseat because there's always something going on. There's always something on the horizon as well for Penn State football recruiting. And uh, the man with the telescope to see what's on the horizon, Sean Fitz, joining us today. Ryan on vacation. He'll be back next week. Uh, and just a, a heads up on that. We may be shuffling things around next week as well because on Monday, I'm going to be going to Eagles camp, doing a tour of some stuff. Uh, in the NFL this upcoming week. So we'll be uh, moving some stuff around and let you know all of that to come uh, later in the week. I'm Thomas Rankar, Sean Fitz. Sean, welcome to the show. What's going on with you today? Not much. I uh, got the hat on. I've got a haircut after this so I can look halfway presentable as we get into the season. Um, but other than that, not a ton. Um, this is the recruiting show. I say it up front. There's not a ton happening on the recruiting front. Coaches are very well focused on their camps all across the country. I mean, Recruiting never stops, but when it gets into August, it does slow. So coming off of that open period in July, uh, we're going to talk more about, uh, you know, the impact of the last, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, but right now it's team focused as it should be. I mean, we cover recruiting all year round, but the emphasis is to eventually get to that team and get those teams some wins. So that's what they're doing right now. Uh, recruiting staff is, is, of course, keeping up with 2025s keeping up with the few 2024s that are still on the board. Um, but if you came to this show expecting, you know, life or death recruiting news, uh, this is this is probably not it. But we th- we do thank you for joining. Uh, we are thank you for joining us. We thank you for uh, reading on BlueWayIllustrated.com because there, you know, there's always something to talk about with Penn State football and Penn State football recruiting. I love that. Lower the bar of expectation, then we can over deliver for the rest of the show. Uh, a couple things coming up in August that we're going to preview, man. though. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll touch on some defensive linemen today as we look at 24 and 25. So let's just start there. Uh, do you want to start 24 or 25? Jalen Harvey, Zaheer Mathis, two Penn State defensive end targets. Um, we'll, we'll get into both of them, but, uh, you know, up to you where you want to start with those two guys. Sir, you buried the lead. Penn State got a commitment last week at one <laughs> of the more important positions on the football field, and you skipped right over it. So I'm I had it with... first on the rundown. I had it first on the rundown, but then I was like, ah, I'll switch it up. <laughs> you really should know better by now. Andrew Dufault, one of the top long snappers in the country. Uh, Penn State grabbed him as a preferred walk-on. I'm always going to talk about long snappers as a long snapper myself. It's very uh, near and dear to my heart, but this is a really good one. And Penn State has developed a nice little assembly line of long snappers. Chris Stoll, of course, the, the Patrick Manley Award winner last year. Um, they're working in Tyler Duzanski as the likely starter this year, who's pretty good, pretty good prospect himself. Uh, default right up there. Uh, I believe uh, Coles, Rubio, uh, Cornblue. A lot of these guys have him as the top or one of the top um, power snappers in the country in terms of getting the ball back there quick. Um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of times that don't make sense. Sub three quarters of a second, 0.75 is what they're looking for. This guy's in the 0.6s to getting it back there. He's got some power because he's 6'1", 240. Um, he's not, uh, you know, Crystal's kind of taller. Uh, they sometimes bring in these guys. Uh, Will Patton's taller, Blaze. Sokak Minute is, is is a taller guy. Dufault's a little bit shorter, but uh, there's power that comes with that. So excited to see him develop. Stacy Collins was very excited um, when he camped and, you know, he came away with an offer, which long snappers, very, very few long snappers end up with scholarship offers right out of high school. It's one of those things where they eventually, if they perform and do their job, um, you you can you know eventually earn a scholarship like Stoll did. Um, but it's a really important position. Nobody cares about the long snapper until they mess up. And uh, Penn yep. State, you haven't heard too many um, long snapping 
uh, I guess, criticisms over the last several years. So uh, big, big commitment for Penn State. Again, I'm always going to talk about long snappers. Default, I think it's a really good one. I uh, watched him in camp a little bit. He can get that ball back there. So um, for Penn State specialist units for the next couple of years, they look to be set up for not only uh, with talent, but uh, competition. And that's what it's going to come down to. It's interesting to watch. And we've seen it over the last couple of years. They've brought in some really good snappers that just haven't been able to get over that hump. And it's and it's, yeah. it's like we talk about with running back. It's like we talk about with tight ends. It's a really strong room. It's really tough to break through. So uh, Michael Wright started last year as the number two. He's now at Boston College. And uh, Duzanski hopped him and is now the starting guy at Penn State. So a lot of competition there for an overlooked spot and a spot that I could talk all day about, but I'm not going to because we want listeners. And uh, we're going to see what happens with uh, <laughs> with the long snapping job. So, so we I'm can going move to... back onto the the star guys, but uh, uh, this is this is a big one for Penn State. We're, we're going to expand the conversation a little bit because I think that this is a very interesting conversation uh, that we've talked about in a couple of different places. But Penn State emphasizes special teams. James Franklin talks about special teams all the time. This isn't just a, a gag we do here on the show. Special teams is important. Uh, and I find it interesting that they've placed emphasis on these areas, getting Stacey Collins a highly respected uh, special teams coordinator, long snapper seems to be solid. Special teams coverage units seem to be really solid. They can't seem to break through a punter and kicker, you know, with the, especially a kicker uh, consistency punter. They've had a very long uh, history of good punters at Penn State, but right now it feels like there is a bit of a tenuous situation and circumstance. W what do you think that that part is about where consistency a kicker and then Maybe this little uh, competition at, uh, not little competition, this competition punter uh, might produce a little bit of a rough patch here in that, you know, Blake Gillikin onwards for Penn State over the last seven years or so. Yeah, and they've invested scholarships in that to try and fix it. Yeah. Um, what's interesting is you don't know the makeup of these guys. Um, you know, you can if you can kick the ball the furthest, that's great. That's a small part of the, uh, the the whole equation there is, is how you react. You know, you, you, we saw Baquetta when he was a punter in high school, just absolutely booming the ball, going out there, doing the videos where he's kicking the ball 70 yards, you know, just doing everything where, you know, you look like a big time punter. He got in the game last year and it looked like it was the moment was too big for him. Like you don't know how that guy is going to react in a college game with, Six six two sixty running a four five at you. You know this is this is a very yeah. different situation for them. Um, again, same thing with kickers. Like it's you're not sure how it's going to go until you get them out there, and that's sort of the thing that Stacy Collins has been hammering is like they try to put all this pressure on them. It's no different than really any other position. You try to put these pressure on. You try to squirt them with a Gatorade bottle as they're going in practice. You try and yell in their ear as they're about to kick the ball. You, you know, it's like in golf, you know, somebody talks in your backswing. You know, that th those are the things that you can't simulate. There, there's only so much you can do to simulate um, what the pressure is going to be like in a game situation until you get out there. And, <laughs> and that's tough. With snappers, it's a little bit different. It's more routine than anything. And your yeah. margin of error, like, you know, if you hit the ball uh, as a kicker or a punter, if you hit the ball a half inch off, it might change the entire trajectory of your kick. You know, if you miss by a foot on a long snap, it doesn't change as much. So that's kind of where that, uh, you know, it, 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 I guess you could say it's probably easier to be a consistent long snapper than it is to be a consistent kicker or punter. Yeah. Um, and that's why they, they harp on consistency. And that's why when you look at this 2023 team, you're not going to know a kicker. For a couple of weeks because they have to chart and it's going to be a roller coaster you're going to have guys that miss a couple of kicks one day and then they're perfect the next and and you have to crunch all that data they've got three uh, excuse me 
two special teams analysts to go along with Stacy Collins. And that's what, that's what their job is to figure out who the, who the guy is going to be in that situation. And that it's just so hard. Like you, you just, there's, there's so much unknown about mental makeup when you're talking about yeah. that position and you're the guy in the spotlight right there. And, you know, PATs seem easy. They're, you know, they're not always easy. Like there, there are pressure situations there too. Um, but that's why they're on scholarship. That's why they're there to do it. That's why they're some of the best that, uh, that you can bring in. And it's, uh, it's, it's a big difference. And, you know, some guy just commented in the, in the thread. There's a big difference between practice games, camps, anything like that. So mental, so mental. And I agree with some guy, a hundred percent, most of it's mental. And you can try to play the psychological guy. James Franklin's got a psychology degree from East Stroudsburg. They don't come any better than that. I've heard. Um, but, uh, <laughs> it's, it's very, uh, very difficult to, to know that, to, to, to know that guy a couple years out. We're going to be getting to this in just a second, John Gold. So hold on to this based on the Big Ten Network guys' comments yesterday. Hard not to drink the Kool-Aid for Penn State. Yeah, we're going to get to that in just one second. But first, we have to tell you about my perfect franchise, the presenting sponsor of the Blue White Illustrated live show here. Andy Ludicky is a franchise consultant, but he's not just a franchise consultant. This isn't somebody who's going to come in and tell you what to do and how to do it with your money. This guy gets high on his own supply. He has his own franchises that he manages as well. Uh, he consumes his own product. He has a porta potty company and a dumpster company himself. He's been invested in a bunch of them. He's made mistakes and he has learned from them. And he's going to take all that experience and help you live your American dream. If you want to diversify your income, maybe you have the, the skills of management, but you're stuck in a corporation and you want to take those skills and you want to, as he said, have unlimited PTO. You want to make sure that you have the ability to do that in your life. So he talked to us uh, recently about some of the things you need to know in the industry if you're interested in owning a, uh, a franchise. The first thing is, even if inflation is high, even if there's a bit of a mini recession going on, that doesn't mean business is dead. Certain sectors are good. Certain sectors are taking a step back. Home services right now are thriving because people aren't selling their house. They're living in it. They're doing home improvement projects. And if you don't have the uh, masochistic streak that I have of doing a DIY and you want to bring in somebody to do it, that's a, a service, that's an industry. If you have expertise in that area, maybe you want to invest in a home service business. He can help you out with all this stuff, stuff that I don't even understand how to really convey to you here on the show. What I do know is that Blue White Illustrated has been one of the most receptive uh, audiences to Andy and my perfect franchise. We've had uh, almost, you know, uh, dozens of people have have checked out um, his his consultation services. We have somebody who's in finalizing uh, of buying a business. So if you want to be like that person, you want to change your life and live the American dream, check out Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net. You can contact him 404-973-9901. Thanks to Andy and My Perfect Franchise for sponsoring the BWI Live Show. Also, back by popular demand is Bird Dogs. I'm wearing my Bird Dog shirt. You can see right here. Makes you look classy. Makes you look good. And uh, we got the Bird Dog tumblers, which sold out like within a week. Just how how fast and how crazy it was that, that, that everyone at Blue White Illustrated jumped on the Bird Dog bandwagon. You can use the promo code BWI, and now with your first purchase, you will get a free hat. Unfortunately, my wife wore the hat today. It is very popular in our house, so I don't have it. But you can see Bird Dogs make you look good anywhere. They, they want us to talk about like going golfing or doing other manly things like going out and being on the boat. But I have a different challenge. Can bird dogs make you look good no matter what you're doing? This is me from the last weekend. 
out at Beaver Stadium and here at our family reunion? Can they make you look good when you're trying to look ridiculous? And the answer is yes. Oh, Fitz, don't worry. It's going to get more crazy after this. I could see him uh, in the behind the scenes here shaking his head. Yes, bird dogs can make you look good with literally any style. So check out your bird dogs. Fitz, uh, we're going to come to you. You're wearing your bird dogs in more conventional places. Um, so how has your been, experience been so far? I Probably a little different than mine. I'd say a little less casual. Um, I, I, I was taken aback by that. Um, I'm sorry. I'm speechless. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to stand up. You've seen enough bird dogs for one show, uh, but I am wearing mine right now. Uh, they're great. Uh, they're good golfing, right? That's really what we need to know is that you don't have to be in the backyard uh, being Uncle T, Frank, being ridiculous. You can also be a regular human and wear them and look good and feel good. Yeah, I mean, usually we're going to say people come to the YouTube channel. I'm, I'm a little envious of our podcast listeners now after seeing that picture. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they're great. I'm not going to lie. They are they are great. I want more. Um, they are great. Uh, but uh, whew, uh, let's get back to football, shall we? Yeah. One last time, use promo code uh, BWI, birddogs.com backslash BWI with your first purchase. I cannot tell you how much I love this shirt. This shirt is amazing. As much as I love the shorts, and they specialize in the, the liner shorts where they, they, you can wear them literally with anything, as I showed you, this shirt has changed the way I feel about polos. So check them out. They are well worth it uh, over at birddogs.com. Com. Uh, so let's get to that Penn State recruiting news. Zaheer Mathis has a top 12. He, he released that 2025, the number one player in Pennsylvania. Uh, a top 12 of that is just the heavy hitters in all of college football. This is a guy who's a national recruit, right, Fitz? Yeah, you nailed it. National recruitment. Uh, it's going to have all the big guys in. Uh, he went down south. I believe he visited Alabama, Georgia, went to Ohio State uh, for a camp. So, I mean, this is going to be on the scale of Philadelphia recruiting, it's going to be right up there with a Nye White in terms of what you're looking at. I mean, Zaheer has been on the radar since he was a middle schooler. Penn State, I believe, offered him as an eighth grader. The thing that they have going for them uh, that they did not have with the Nye White, who I never, never thought was coming to Penn State, um, but they have Deion Barnes. Zaheer knows Deion Barnes from his time uh, before uh, Deion was an assistant at Penn State or the full-time assistant at Penn State. Um, so they, they at least have that in their back pocket. This is going to be a tough one, like no, no doubt about it. I mean, if you look at that top 12, I mean, that's some heavy hitters right there. And, uh, you know, Penn State needs to get him on campus, needs to get him back and around Deion Barnes. They have an opportunity this year to showcase the defensive end position, which we believe is probably the strongest position on the roster. Um, so, You've got things going for you if you are Penn State, but that is a deep pool to be playing in. Uh, you know, I think Alabama is going to be in it. Georgia is going to be in it. Uh, Fran Brown is going to make that a uh, a priority for Georgia. Larry Johnson will make that a priority for Ohio State. This is a guy I think that's ranked in the 60s nationally right now. Um, he's going to be up there as as the top prospect in Pennsylvania. It's going to make him a hot commodity. Like I said, Penn State's done better in Philadelphia in the last several cycles. And, of course, with Deion Barnes, you think that they can get better. By the way, Malachi Williams, I'll take the chance, uh, take the spot right here to say that, that kid's really, really good. Yeah. Um, Zaheer is going to be ranked higher. Um, we'll see where he's at in a year from now. But, uh, yeah, it's another opportunity for Penn State. They've done well in Philadelphia. This is another level. This is another atmosphere. You know, you can do well in Philadelphia, but they've still missed on on really those top, top guys that are looking SEC all the way. 
We'll see if that's the case for Zahir Mathis. Uh, he hasn't been up in a while, um, but has been to Penn State a couple of times. So um, I, I think they have a chance, but it's going to be it's going to be a, a, a heavyweight fight for that one. I find it interesting looking at Penn State's defensive end recruiting uh, since 2022 with with denied Dennis Sutton, a five star talent. Then you get uh, Chop Robinson, another top 50, 60 talent in the nation. And really, with those two guys, you, you kind of hit a home run in two cycles. And then from there, you have Jameel Lyons, um, who was, uh, for on three, a top 100 prospect. And then Malachi Williams, another top 100 prospect. But as Charles Power said in uh, 2024, kind of a down cycle for edge defender nationally. Do you think the Penn State has gotten guys on the level of Chop Robinson, denied Dennis Sutton, to keep this talent level going? Uh, some some guys with upside. You know, I, I think Lyons is a guy that has physical upside and comes in with some good physical talent, but has a long way to go, not as college-ready as Dennis Sutton might have been and getting Chop Robinson in the portal. And then, of course, Malachi Williams, you mentioned, really good football player, really love what he has, and he's put on a ton of weight. Um, and that translation, there's always that little, little bit of like, is he going to be able to do it? So do you think that they have, um, do you think that they have been able to land the guys they need to keep that level of talent at defensive end high? And then, you know, progress into getting a guy like Zaheer Mathis because you can keep producing a defensive end and attracting guys like that. You know, I, it was funny because we spent the 2023 cycle hand wringing about defensive end and they even, you know, they, they grabbed Joseph Mupoy late. Um, Mason Robinson came back around late. They had Lions on there for a while. Um, so that was one of those big points of emphasis that they had. But you look at the defensive end room, it's really strong right now. And you didn't mention Amin Vanover and Zariah Fisher, two yep. really good players who are not buried. They're going to play this year, but like they're they're not the starters. I see Penn State having three starters with Adisa, Chop, and Deny. So it's a really strong position right now. And with that turnover, you're going to get some sort of bump. Like you don't know what it's going to look like sort of tangibly with Dion Barnes taking over for John Scott. Dion's a better recruiter than John. Um, so you're going to see some sort of bump. So I think they're okay. Again, Malachi Williams, very good, very good. And he's 217 pounds right now. He's not to, he's not the stick that uh, people have, have made him out to be. Cause I think he was 205 when he was offered or something like that. This kid showed up at camp. Um, great burst. Um, he, is kind of in a similar vein to Shaka Tony in terms of explosiveness off the edge, which you don't see, see very often. Um, but he's also 20 pounds heavier than Shaka yeah, was bigger so, frame and, and longer. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, that's why I'm sky high on Malachi Williams. I think he's a great player. Um, Lions has the potential to be that guy. So I, I feel pretty good about defensive end. You'd like to add another one. We're going to talk about Jalen Harvey here in a second. Um, sort of a different style. Um, you know, he's got pop off the edge, but he's also 6'2", 250. Like, this yeah. kid is thick. Like, yeah. he's he he is not a guy that you worry about putting that weight on. You, in the other hand, you're wondering if he's maybe a three-tech in a couple of years. So um, that's uh, an interesting one there. And then they're, they're always going to uh, scout guys with athleticism. We talked to coming out of the camp. Uh, Penn State found a name that, uh, that they'll be monitoring in September. Um, definitely check out bluewoodillustrated.com for more. Um, but yeah, I feel pretty solid about defensive end, which, you know, wasn't always the case. Like I, I went into or was in that 2023 cycle with everyone else thinking, all right, well, they got to they got to get something done. Now with Deion Barnes, you're probably going to get some sort of boost out of that. So um, excited to see where it goes. Um, the board was probably a little bit more narrow than you would think um, in 2024. But they hit on Williams, who was, I think, their top guy. And and Jalen Harvey's right up there as well. We're going to see what Harvey does in the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah. But uh, that's... Let's that's, get into that. 
if yeah, they can let's, hit, let's get into that and, and see where we're going with Jalen Harvey. Cause this is one of those, sometimes it's super easy and sometimes it's a very, it's a very clean uh, recruiting. And then sometimes it's a soap opera with a daily update where there's somebody, something, something or other. So Jalen Harvey, there's been a lot of back and forth. Uh, where do we stand heading into August is, is a decision that's been delayed since I believe the 4th of July. Right. Uh, are we getting closer to something being tangible now? I think that he's getting to sort of like a self-imposed deadline where he wants to decide before the season. Like, I think that that makes sense. But then again, as you mentioned, July 4th was a date. We've been talking about this all the way since I think October of last year as a potential, you know, date. And this is, you know, to his credit, he's a guy that wanted to go the distance in the first place. So we're not that far off on his original timeline, but it looked like he changed. Then he came and visited in June, canceled his other visits, then took his other visits. There's been a lot of back and forth with this. So um, I think the, the, the drama factor has been high in this one. Penn state's still in it. USC still in it. Maryland's still in it. He tweeted out about Friday. I don't think a decision is coming Friday, but, but given this recruitment, you never know what's going to happen with Jalen Harvey. But, you know, Penn State's still in the mix. I'll say this. I mean, he's probably going to, if he does decide before the season, probably one of those ones that you're going to be watching until December anyway. So yeah. we'll see what happens with, with Jalen Harvey. But uh, that's kind of where I'm at on that whole thing. It's uh, It's been a long, twisting, turning recruitment. Uh, I feel like Penn State has had him on board in the boat uh, a couple of times and they've, they've backtracked there. So, um, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a crazy one to follow. I know there's some fatigue that has set in on this one, but uh, you know, Penn state's still in it with this one. I, again, USC, Maryland um, definitely involved in that one as well. I believe he took official visits to Florida as well. So um, we're going to see probably a narrowed focus uh, later this week. So if you get into the Nittany Lions, of course, we'll have breaking news videos here on YouTube. We'll cover it extensively over at bluewhiteillustrated.com. Great time to remind you, subscribe right now. I was looking this morning. The dollar deal was still up. Now, it was supposed to end earlier this week, so I don't know if you want to try it, uh, but go in, bluewhiteillustrated.com. You can sign up, and even if you don't, 25% off is going on uh, for a long time now, I think for the rest of the season. 25% off for extensive, exclusive content at bluewhiteillustrated.com. Great uh, time to sign up right now and get that intel and information during the season. And, by the way, probably the most important time is during training camp because these guys get what's really going on from the quarterback competition to the receiver updates. Fitz and uh, Nate have been doing a great job of getting you insider intel from what's going on in training camp. We got a, uh, a quick thing here from Stephen Light, who apparently is all in on my advertising uh, ability. See, so that's commitment to advertising. Uh, commitment, yes. Uh, insanity, maybe, maybe not having a good editorial staff because the editorial staff is me. Yeah, uh, both of those things. Appreciate you, Stephen. Appreciate you always being here and donating to the channel. Everyone here in the chat is equal, but sometimes when we have... Uh, minor celebrities want to say hi to them. Matthew Andrews uh, says, hey, nice to meet you two weekends ago. Fitz, this was at the uh, camp, correct? Uh, I was between the camp and the mini camp and the Lash Bash. Uh, met Mr. Andrews. Great conversation uh, about that uh, recruitment, things like that. Obviously, private private conversation, but uh, they're happy to be Nittany Lions. I'll say that. So we're happy to be here on the BWI live show. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. And uh, speaking of commitment to our advertisers, RogueShop.com has been committed to the show for quite a long time now. And uh, I want to tell you about what they can do for you, RogueShop.com. They are a uh, true small business. They're individually privately owned. They're a small batch cannabis farm um, that uh, is based in Wisconsin. And they can give you... 
the access to a better life and help you with things in your life because we all go through challenges. I am going to turn 33 in a couple of weeks, and I'm feeling 33 in my body. There's been some stuff health-wise going on, and when you are living with something that's chronic, you need to have medicine that isn't going to detrimentally affect other parts of your body. CBD is known to reduce inflammation. It's something that can help you uh, mitigate those symptoms while you're managing your health. And for me, I've been telling you all the time, and here is, by the way, the uh, sugar-free fresh mint CBD, which you can take uh, by tincture. You just put it on your tongue, let it absorb there. Um, or if you have trouble sleeping, chronic pain, uh, insomnia, these RogueShop.com gummies. These are the Delta 8 gummies. They can help you fall asleep and stay asleep throughout the night, which is something that I struggle with and has been helped. I've helped out a lot by RogueShop. So go to RogueShop.com, use promo code BWI to get 10% off your first order. So BWI, wherever you go on the internet, just throw BWI in and see if you get a, a free uh, 10% off or a free hat or something like that. We've got a lot of great partners on the show. Appreciate all of them, including Rogue Shop. So we're going to get to a quick football thing, um, and then we're going to get to the mailbag because we've got a couple of questions. We want to make sure we get to the stuff um, from the mailbag. But uh, Fitz, you were watching the Big Ten bus tour last night, and uh, wow, were they high on Penn State. Well, maybe not last night, 10 o'clock, a little late for my taste. Um, so I watched it this morning. Boy, um, that was, uh, I don't, I don't want to call it eye-opening because we've been saying Penn State's, you know, has the potential to be very good. Those guys saw practice, watched all practice, and and, and they know what they're looking at. I know people rag on Donardo and Griffith and those guys, but they, they are professional football minds. They know what they're looking at. Um, and they came away effusive is what I would say about Penn State. Like, I was shocked at how much they talked them up, even to the point where they're interviewing Franklin and Manny Diaz and, and Mike Yersich, and they're like, Hey man, that was awesome. And the coaches are like, yeah, we got some work to do. You know, it's usually, you know, it might be one side or the other, um, that, uh, or maybe a flip-flop in that situation. Um, but they were very high on what they saw in Penn state. Um, Donardo, I believe said that the wide receiver issue was solved. Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but, uh, It was uh, it was really eye opening to see some of their comments. I, if you read the site um, from from Big Ten Media Day, you'll know Donardo was already high on Penn State. Griffith probably not as much until he saw them in person, and uh, you know Dave was there trying to poke holes and poke holes, and and Donardo and and Griffith came back and said hey, this team is great, um, or I think really good. I think is what they called it, and they said it's the best team of the Franklin era that got my attention. Um, these yeah. guys um, have a way of you know softening the blow when they see stuff that they don't like there were, there was none of that this week uh, or last night on the big 10 special i mean just you expect them to be high because there's a ton of talent ton of depth etc all the stuff that we talk about here on a weekly basis on this show um but they were exceedingly high on penn state and i thought yeah. that, that was uh, i thought that was a bit telling because that's not always the case uh, Mike here in the chat, he says, uh, I love Mike. He is super engaged and, and active both here in Twitter and on the YouTube comments and here in the in the live show. And he says he subscribed with the deal. Tons of articles uh, over at bluewhiteillustrated.com. Just wanted to get that in there. Uh, so you want to check those out. You will probably have a recap of all of that at bluewhiteillustrated.com as well from what they said on the show. If you don't, if you're one of the people that struggles to find where you can get BTN because everything is streaming now, maybe that'll help you out there. Um, Okay, so I've got a question that's going to lead the mailbag, but we're going to get into, right now, the BWI mailbag.
As always, the number one way to get a question on the show and to make sure that we answer your question, bluewhiteillustrated.com on the Lion's Den message forum. Uh, I'm not pushing you to the site. I'm just pushing you to the site because that's that's how this works. we got six questions we're going to get through, but I'm going to throw in the first one here to Fitz, and this is going to go directly off what we were just talking about with the BTN bus tour and saying how physical. They kept going back to how physical Penn State was, how physical the practice was. Um, I'm not saying that Penn State doesn't try to instill toughness and physicality any season under head coach James Franklin, but we've talked about depth a whole lot this year. Do you think Penn State can afford to be more physical and be more aggressive in practice because they have that depth and they can push their guys where maybe before you were a little tentative, like somebody gets injured and we've got a real problem? I think so. I think I think there's some element of that. You don't want to throw too much at them. I mean, you're you're trying to keep yourself healthy because camp is long. I mean, camp is is a few weeks, but that stuff drags, and uh, you want to keep those guys as healthy as possible. They put pads on for the first time uh, starting this week. They got contact going, so it's a nice way to get some of that energy, not get some of the energy out, but some of that nervous energy out uh, to uh, to get your guys more uh, locked in and things like that. So it helps. And it's going to tell you a little bit more about uh, the, the guys that you're looking for in those uh, position battles that, that we've talked about all offseason. Like the first week of camp is great. There's the acclimation period. They get going and things like that. But there's only so much you can tell about, uh, you know, who's so much better than the other until you get into live scrimmages. And that's sort of we're on the precipice of that. You're, they started to go live. They went live for the Big Ten crew yesterday. Um, so that is when those guys start to separate themselves. And that's when you're going to see it. And do it now uh, while you're fresh, essentially. You know, I, I know I know nobody is ever 100% in camp. There's bumps and bruises and things like that. But do it now, um, see what you've got, and then, you know, t- take a week and then do it again and see what kind of um, gains that you've made at certain positions. So I think they have the ability to do that with the depth. Um, you can pull guys. I mean, a guy like Trey Potts, like your third running back right now, like that's an important piece to a team in general, obviously. Yep. But it's a more important piece when you can say, hey, Nick, go sit on the sideline. Hey, Katron, go sit on the sideline. We're going to see what we've got in some of these other guys and push them in full contact. And that's not to say you take all the reps away from your guys that you think you know what you have already. But at the same time, it gives you the opportunity to do so. Remember, they, they ran with two scholarship running backs in the spring. That's yeah. not something that I would advise. So um, they probably feel good about their depth at certain spots. They've added bodies. They've added freshmen that they think can stack up and and, and get in there and play. And, you know, for a guy like Keaton Ellis has started a lot of games for Penn State. He's been around. He's still got a lot to prove, obviously. But do you slide King Mack into the back end of that rotation and see what he can do as a true freshman? I think that's where you test yourself in this, uh, in, in this opportunity that you've got in front of you. So, yes, I'm going to go with yes, but like still take care of your guys, keep them healthy. West Virginia is the, uh, the target. That is the, uh, the, that is the focus for this group. It's not about beating, uh, the third string cornerback or the second string cornerback, uh, in on August 9th. Yeah. yeah and uh, speaking of King Mac, uh, Manny Diaz, when, when he talked about some of the young guys, King Mac, Tony Rojas and Jameel Lyons making his first, appearance on the young guys that have flashed at lions uh, very talented like we talked about physically love his pad level for how big and long he is um surprised i guess a little bit that you know from from a technique tent standpoint this is where Dion barnes we're talking about some of the things he can bring to the table as, as a teacher I, I i'm i think that's a very exciting thing if they can get the best out of some of the very talented guys on that roster and i'm just yeah. surprised here that lions so quickly made his name very interesting to watch Dion Barnes and Torrance Brown because they are so close to being players. Like the, yeah. I mean, Dion's a little bit older than Torrance, but 
so not far removed from being in that situation. And, you know, with John Scott or those older coaches, you know, they've, they've had that ton of experience, but at the same time, they're, they're a little bit further removed from the game. So interested to see how that comes about every time that we've seen them, Dion Barnes has been working with the tackles, Torrance Brown's been working with the ends. Um, so very curious to see how that works. I'm not saying it's better, not saying it's worse, but very curious to see how that plays out and how those guys play for them. So I'll be very, very interested to see that play out over the next couple of months. First question here is from uh, Jwing25. Uh, if you had to bet on one, uh, sorry, this is this is incorrect. I'm just going to read it here from uh, our rundown. Uh, Jwing25 says, "What position group has potential to completely change from a quality and depth perspective over the next two to three years, similar to how safety and offensive line have evolved recently?" Great question about what areas in recruiting are picking up, what guys that are locked in with the Nittany Lions, either young guys on the roster. Who's going to take that next step among the the position groups? Who are you? Who are you targeting? That's a that's a really good question because I, I looked at the the roster. I looked at the you know we've seen the growth at safety. We've seen the growth at at offensive line, not just in talent but also numbers. Like the the numbers are crazy different in that area. Um, so I I kind of looked at twenty twenty four because this is a window where Penn State can be very good in 2023. They can be really good in, in 2024 as well, but there's going to be turnover. There's going you know, to college football. Um, I think quarterback goes up like sophomore, redshirt, freshman, true freshman right now. You're going to have Gronk Meyer next year. Um, yep. and, and that's, that's not one that you can ever rely on because of the transfer portal, because like that, that is the nature of the position. Those guys want to go up. But like if things hold, that's a really good quarterback room, a really talented quarterback room next year um, with, uh, with the guys that they have. So I think that one's going up running back is, is going to be steady um, to, to, to up, but like, do you get much better than Nick Singleton and Katron Allen? I don't know. Right. Quentin Martin and Corey Smith, two pretty good ones there. Cam Wallace, I, I, I think that is, steady but also can be up because i think quentin martin's really good like it just he's he's a guy that's grown on me like i was not on board with quentin martin fully like i, I liked him a lot i was a great player um but not but on board with him fully as a running back until we saw him in camp and he did some special things as a running back i think wide receiver still very much to be determined like there that, that's yeah. a situation you, know, you can plug transfers in there and that can help out a lot but so we see some of those younger guys there um, step up and the Ivies and, you know, see what Tyler Johnson might do and uh, Christian driver when he gets in there, like seeing some of those guys, we just don't know how that's going to um, sort of evolve. Like they, they, they're going to have opportunities. Sure. But what are they going to do with that opportunity? I don't know. Tight ends. I think, you know, you could lose Theo Johnson. You could lose both Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren after next year, still a really good room, but you're losing when you lose that much, right off of one season that's that's tough to deal with so probably a little bit down but they've got bodies i'm really high on andrew rappel yeah i'm really curious yeah. where he's at in a year don't know if he's going to be a guy that they rely on this year but like in a year i could be a guy that eventually you know makes a makes a starting a, a stab at a starting job offensive line i think is up i think it's a really good offensive line class i think it's buoyed on the back of, a, of another good offensive line class phil trotwine's humming right now man he's uh he's done a heck of a job turning that around especially when you look at like the the Tangwall and Nate Bruce class where they had no numbers. And then, you know, yeah. Malik McNeil came in and, and was gone. You know, it's just there's been a lot of turnover, but at the same time, they've developed into a pretty good offensive line. So you got to, I think, give them the benefit of the doubt there. Uh, DN, uh, we talked about earlier in the episode, better than I thought in terms of what's out there. It's going to depend on Lions. It's going to depend on the development of Robinson and Mupoy um, and those guys ahead of them. But that's, uh, that's a good spot right there. Defensive tackle steady, a uh, great group in 2024. Um, but that's one that's got to be one where you can 
stack classes over years. Yeah. You're not going to fix your defensive tackle room with one class. Like not that not that the the defensive tackle room needs fixing, but you're not going to completely overhaul and be a great defensive tackle room just in one class, even though the guys that got they're they're pretty high on. Uh linebacker, I think, has gone up. Like I, I like that class of 2023 a lot. Would like to see more in 2024. Like to see them add an outside guy in 2024. That would help and go go a long way. Cornerback is going to be uh, it's going to be tough after this year. Like they're going to lose Kalen King. Probably going to lose Johnny Dixon. Going to lose Daquan Hardy, which I know he's been stomped on by Penn State fans, but still a pretty good player at time, uh, when yeah. he's on. Um, but they're going to have to figure something out at corner. Is that Sion Alea? I don't know. It's going to be tough to, to pry him from the West Coast, but there we're at. And safety, I mean. I'm going to go with up. Like that's been a remarkable job by Anthony yeah. point Dexter. Just a really, really good job of solidifying that losing your star two years in a row, like losing your absolute stud and Jaquan Brisker and Jair Brown. And then you, you look, you loop back around and say, hey, it's still a pretty good group here on campus. So I think he's yeah. done a great job with that. So we'll see what happens with that. I think that safety, like I said, like, like the original question said, safety and offensive line have just come so far in the last couple of years that uh, has you feeling pretty good about this roster. And that's why we're talking about the depth uh, on every show this uh, this game. Yeah. I, I think where you started at quarterback, you've got uh, a lot of guys that have talent. But Ethan Grunkmeyer, uh, we, we talked about like you can do it in a camp. You can do it when you're throwing on Aaron in shorts. But I'm expecting some big stuff from him this fall. I'm yep. expecting all of that to translate. And then you're talking about guys that have legitimate tools and you know, arm strength and and all the intangibles uh, in, in Aller, Prabula bringing what he brings to the table and then looking down the line, Smolik and everything we've seen from him so far. But then Grunkmeyer having that like arm strength plus those things and, and a, a, good, a good frame, maybe not a great frame. So I yeah. would lean to quarterback, which is potentially program changing if you hit on two guys then you can keep that going correct, i want to get correct. to this that's, that's one of those things. before we get into the next i mean that's one of those things we talk about hey can if drew is great will that help receiver recruiting where it's going to help the most is quarterback recruiting you know if you keep the same sort of personnel around and things like that that's where it's going to help the most is stacking quarterbacks ohio state did not have a great quarterback assembly line until they had a great quarterback a highly regarded great quarterback that came in you know, took it, took it by the horns. And all of a sudden you got guys lining up. Penn state doesn't have that right now. And uh, you know, if drew develops the way that they think drew can develop or the potential that drew has to develop, then that's going to make things easier for you. And uh, again, it's all about stacking classes, not just a quarterback, but all over that roster. So we, we touched on this a little bit in your last answer. So we can go through this one a little bit quickly. This one comes from uh, right off the defensive tackle conversation. Is this the year we finally shake off the can't recruit interior defensive line guys mantra? Liam Andrews, top, uh, you know, top 100 player, a couple other really talented players within the defensive tackle group, getting the numbers, getting the high end talent, plus the projected growth guys. So can Penn State do it again with Dion Barnes? Are you all in on them being able to land somebody in 25 now that they've had this success? Again, it's not going to be one year. Like it's it's going to be something that they have to address over multiple cycles. Um, it seems like they've gotten there with the twenty four guys, and that's great. Like uh, Liam Andrews, DeAndre Cook, uh, Xavier Gilliam, whether he starts at end and ends up inside, whatever. Um, but uh, they, they think they've got a good class. But uh, we're we're gonna see uh, how they are at stacking these guys. Obviously, twenty twenty five, the evaluations are still very young. Um, you've got guys that, I mean, DeAndre Cook wasn't on the radar last year. Xavier Gilliam wasn't on the radar at this time last year. Liam Andrews was as an offensive line. So you're not sure how that's going to play out, especially for those guys that are going to be 
285 pounds at this time next year or whatever you're looking for in a defensive tackle like the, those guys take a little bit longer to develop so um i think I, I i know you guys want me to say yes in terms of you know shaking that but we're gonna have to wait and see uh Deion yeah. barnes is gonna have an opportunity to have a new coach bump and that should help and we're gonna like it's it's still way too early to see what the talent level is in that region in the region next year even though there's some guys that you know look promising uh coming into the 2025 cycle so we got to get we have to get to this question because it is the title of the show and that uh, you don't want to break any promises there. Poncho 570, who's the best overall get in 2024? Um, and if we want to get to 2025, that that's fine. But I wanted to focus on 24 because I think you can make an argument for a couple of different players. Um, I'm going to go in this situation with Liam Andrews because of the conversation we just had. I know offensive line, offensive line is, is where the primary talent was seen and where I think the best projection is. But if you can solve that problem on your roster and, you know, I know an elite offensive tackle is a hard thing to sacrifice, but if you get the ball rolling and he can be a guy that does that for your team, sometimes, as you mentioned, a quarterback, it just takes one. So I'm going to go with Liam Andrews for 2024. Do you have a guy that you would counter with as the most important overall get, whether for talent or other reasons in 2024? I'm going to go with Liam Andrews too. Why, why get off the train now? You know, I mean, that's been, that's been what we're going for. I think he can be a game wrecker inside and, and that's what you're looking for. You're looking for the guys that, uh, you know, you're going to have a lot of talent obviously, but the guys that change games on the interior defensive line are fewer and further between. So I think mm -hmm. that, that you're looking at a guy like Andrews who can potentially be a, a, a an, a game altering guy on the interior defensive line. Um, you know, great players in that class. Uh, Quentin Martin can be a dude. Like he can be yeah. really as good as, um, as, as good as he wants to be. Um, but like you look at the defensive line, you look at where Penn state's been on the defensive line in the last couple of years, that probably plays into it as well. Um, but got to go with Andrews, man. I'm not, like I said, I'm leading that train. I'm not going to hop off now. Yeah, and I think part of it, too, is we talk about going back to getting instant impact or, or serious high-end game records, as you mentioned. The defensive ends, I still have some questions as those guys are not, uh, I wouldn't say, immediate projections to do that. There are some things that we have to answer, whether they're from size or from technique or et cetera, et cetera. Liam Andrews, top 100 guy, if you've got an interior pass rusher that can do that... It, you're creating one-on-one -on -one opportunities in this defense because of the pressure. But then if you've got a guy on the interior that is creating one-on-ones for the outside because you have to focus on him, like you're creating no-win situations for the offense as long as you have one of those guys that is commanding attention. And, you know, as good as Malachi Williams is, I, I think having a guy like Andrews in the class also provides that for the de defensive line overall. And if they both hit, holy cow, Penn State is cooking. Uh, so let's get into that. Instant impact, guys. If you had to make one bet in the class of 24 who makes an immediate impact when he gets on campus, who would it be and why? I'm going to go uh, on a different route here because uh, you look at Penn State's depth and you mentioned you know, the defensive linemen, I think they're going to have defensive linemen to come back to next year. They come back and, you know, that, that's a lot to hop over corner, not so much. So how about Antoine Belgrave shorter? I know he's not mm. the highest rated guy, but he seems like the guy that's probably closest to playing right now. Like if you take a look at those, I know I'm very high on John Mitchell, his teammate at, at Mandarin, but Belgrave shorter is really good. Like I'm, I'm curious, still curious to see how, how fast he actually is, but like, that could be a guy and, and, and I don't, I wouldn't bet on this. Like, and I know that, that that's how the, the, the question is phrased, but like, that would be a guy I would not be shocked if he was in the corner rotation right away. 
Yeah, and they, I think this year they're going to pick a guy that is going to burn his red shirt. They've consistently done that to get guys experience, so that's a great bet to go with a corner as well. I'm going to go Luke Reynolds. You mentioned a great point that you could lose to your two top tight ends. You've got uh, guys that have talent and potential, but also Luke Reynolds is an amazing athlete. And, uh, you know, getting on the field, Penn State has put freshman tight end on the field before. Luke Reynolds has the physical skills, and we'll see where he develops as a blocker, where he develops as an athlete, going to enroll early. And whenever one of these uh, tight ends enrolls early and they're a big physical mature kid from uh, New England, yeah, I'm, I'm going to bet on that as a guy who could make an instant impact in the class of 24. And uh, by the way, I, you know, my answer is Lee Mandrews, but we've talked about him extensively. So I wanted to go with somebody different and talk about Luke Reynolds and, and what he is as a defensive tackle. Well, do you want to do one I mean, more? The further, the further you get from the ball, the easier it is to contribute like early. Like yep. Luke, Luke uh, Liam Andrews, great player, but as a defensive lineman, defensive tackle, more more specifically, that's hard to come in as a freshman and, and make an impact. He can play. Can he make an impact? I think uh, Belgrave Shorter is a guy that can, could make an impact because he's a little further from the ball. Um, you know, there, there's obviously a lot to learn about coverages and things like that, but like that gives you the best opportunity. So that's why you look at wide receivers and you look at corners right away as those guys that can can potentially make an impact right uh, right away. Obviously, running back is another one that you could do that. So Martin could be in that mix, but yep. there's a couple guys ahead of him that seem like they are pretty good. Yeah. Kick return, you know, and that that's when you then you find different ways to get guys involved if you want him to be on the field. And, you know, he's a pretty good kick returner in high school. So that might be a thing. Ryan uh, Sheard says in 25, we got to get another five star running back or two. They already have a commit in the class of 2025 at running back, who's a pretty good football player so far. Still don't know a whole lot about Keandre Barker, but he's a four star right now in the top 250, essentially 256 in the uh, industry ranking. So uh, maybe not a five-star, but Penn State already set up in 25, Ryan, with a running back from, uh, I think he's from Arkansas, but is going to Texas, or it's the other way around. I'm not quite sure. I forget what the story was. We we covered it when he recruit, when he committed, but I don't remember exactly right now. But Ryan from Texas down in that area. Yeah, Barker is going to play, I believe, at the Woodlands in Texas. Um, he's from Arkansas. Great-looking kid. Um, he's been great with Penn State. Like you think that he's that far away as a 2025 commit, maybe there's stuff to worry about. Doesn't seem like it. I mean, that obviously other schools are going to be in his ear September 1st. I'm sure he heard from a lot of programs, but I'm excited to see how he stacks up against that Texas competition. Penn State's very high on him. They, I think they would have taken him as a 24 if he wanted to be a 24. So uh, they're, they're high on him and they're going to still continue to try and find another guy in that class because that's the name of the game. I mean, you just throw not, not so much throw numbers at it, but like if you are in a position where you are scooping up talent and Penn state is doing that at running back, if you can keep that up and add to Keandre Barker, J1 Sider, I think he's, he's doing a pretty good job right now. For a, a, a week where there isn't as much news, this was a jam packed, exciting, excellent show from Sean Fitz. Fitz, thank you so much for your time today uh, here on the show. Appreciate it. Of course, of course. I got it. We, I will shut it down. That's fine. I, I knew there was a couple more on the rundown. We were talking championships in 2023 and 2024. Do you want to get to them? I, I, I promised you we wouldn't go an hour, so I, uh, I didn't want to get to that. But if you want to talk about it, we can, we can throw them here on the end. Yeah, let's throw some water on this thing. Let's go with uh, CB1994's question. Okay, so that is which one? Let's see. Penn, let's say Penn State wins a championship in the 2023 or 2024 seasons. Is that alone something that would elevate our national recruiting profile to the point where we could competitively recruit five-star talent outside the region? I'm gonna say no. Like this is, it will elevate it absolutely, and it will give Penn State the opportunity to battle for some of these guys. Accessibility is 
very, very tough to overcome. Like you can get on a plane from pretty much anywhere and fly to Columbus. You can get on a plane uh, and fly to a number of top areas like metro areas. Can't do that in state college. And it's made it tough for these top guys to get in. And on top of that, when you when you stack NIL with that, when you stack all the other things that come with recruiting top guys, it's something that, that, that could hold Penn State back. And I don't want to get ahead of ourselves and say Penn State wins a championship here, but because it's possible. But at the same time, your recruiting is a little bit capped by the guys that can't get here easily, that can't get their families here easily. So I think that that's the interesting yeah. thing when you talk about the potential that Penn State has. Yes, it's one of those... 15 schools that can win a national championship but at the same time will you see the big boost and all of a sudden turn into ohio state getting those guys in there alabama getting inside those guys in there It'll be very difficult to do what penn state does with what they have right now in terms of being in the middle of central pennsylvania in the middle of the mountains without an airport like a, a major airport uh two three hours away like that's the, the rumor is the delta terminal is coming back in the fall that was I, what i was told but i think that's some wishful thinking from people in my family i, I hope no like, i hope that's, that's the case i love flying yeah. out of state college but it's not cheap it's not easy like and and adding those flights through new york has made it not easier so like that's yeah. uh that's kind of how i look at that so it's going to be a process like it's not a situation where you snap your fingers you win a championship and all of a sudden the five stars are flocking here it's it's still going to be difficult to get here so um the wet blanket on the end of that one is yes it would help absolutely winning a championship yeah. it would help everything winning a championship it would help donations it would help with nil it would help with everything everybody loves to win um, but it, it's not going to change the location. And that's, that's been something that as, you know, as we've sort of evolved in the last 20 years of college football, accessibility has become a big thing. You're, you want to, you want your parents to see you play. They don't want to pay $500 a night for a hotel room like that. Th th those things factor in, um, you know what, that was a good question on our message board. We talked about the lash bash and how it sort of the, some of the sting is taken out of it. How do you do that in the spring before these guys take official visits? Well, you probably got to plan that around your spring game, but with hotels being what they are, guys can't come out and stay and things like that. So these are the things that you have to process when you're talking about building Penn State into a top five national power. Um, it, it's going to be a lot tougher than, and, than at a place like Ohio State, than at a place like Michigan, where you can fly into Detroit and be on campus in 45 minutes. You know, that, that, that yeah. stuff is... That stuff matters. And, you know, I've talked to this, this is not just me riffing on that. I've talked to several staff members who have said the same. And, you know, that, that's another thing. Staff members want to be able to get in and out. And when they go on vacation, make it easier. Don't want to drive to Baltimore to, to fly out and things like that. So I think that that is something that you have to take into account where it's just not a snap your fingers thing. Um, it's tough to deal with. Um, can some of it be overcome? Absolutely. The staff has done an amazing job with what they've um, had to work with, but uh, it's still it's still going to be an uphill battle for some of those top level elite guys, which is why we talk about when Penn State's recruiting guys from California, you never can consistently be a national recruiting power. Um, and that's that's tough to that's that's tough to stomach. But at the same time, I, I think it's it, it's something that you have to work around if you're the Penn State staff. I also think it's a testament to how well they've done in Florida, considering what you just said and how many guys they've pulled and how many guys they've been able to get on campus and and get interested in the program from Florida and from some of the other major hotbed recruiting areas, knowing that uh, it's mostly on the back of relationships and, and talent and charisma as recruiters that they have been able to pull guys from different parts of the country, knowing that, as you pointed out, we've become more connected uh, as you know technology has advanced, but 
not every area is built the same. And, and, and State College still has a little bit of that, that retro feel of being able to fly anywhere in the world. So that's that, uh, an underrated point that I think a lot of people don't consider when we talk about this. And, and NIL also being a part of that conversation as well uh, when it comes to that's more controllable for, for Penn State than maybe some of the other things. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll yeah. sorry to uh, to end on a down note, but I, I think that's important to say, like Penn State has done pretty well with what they've had to, to work with. Um, you know, have they missed on guys? Absolutely. I mean, there, there's the, and there's things like the, the guys in the region that you would like to do better with and, and things like that. But this is talking about bringing guys in. I mean, Ryan in the, in the, uh, in the chat, I mean, just getting here for a game, like getting here for a game as a, uh, middle-aged person with, uh, you know, a good job or whatever, and that can, you know, afford tickets, afford traveling. It's still tough. Like it's, it's not easy. So, um, getting up for camps, getting up for all that kind of other stuff. I know for the lash bash, um, at least two Florida guys had their, their flights canceled. There was really nothing they could do about that. And, you know, that's kind of how the, it's kind of the, the, the punches that you have to deal with when you're, you know, recruiting for Penn state, uh, ton of positives, Great program, great job uh, doing it. And as we saw from the Big Ten show, um, very much to be excited about. But uh, there's still some 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 downside when you talk about that. And that's why, you know, Penn State, we were talking about a top 10, top 15 team in, instead of a top five program. Yeah, and that's also why when you have an opportunity like this year, you've got to strike. You've got to make sure that championship window, if you have one, that you capitalize as much as you possibly can. Maximize, yeah. Maximize. Get in the playoff. If and win it if you can, but get, definitely get in the playoff. Raise your your profile. Get in the get in the fourteen playoff if you can. Yes. Which you yep. only got one opportunity to do that, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> and I'll you know here here I'll I'll land on a positive note. I'm going to cherry pick one story. Dakari Nelson drove seventeen hours round, uh, uh, all the way from Alabama to make it. So if you want to, if you want to go to Penn State, you want to check it out. It is still possible. It's just. You're going to be riding 17 hours from Alabama with a baby in the car. Uh, but some 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 people will do it, and Dakari Nelson is a Nittany Lion. So there we go. There's a positive note. Fitz, killing it today, as always, BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. Here's a positive note. 25% off your subscription if you want to get all the information, all the inside in, uh, details that we did get to here on the show. I'm Thomas Rankar. We are going to be having uh, the Keystone Kickoff Show coming up tomorrow, 10 a.m. That is uh, our pre-recorded show that we do once a week. Um, we're going to have that here on the show 10 a.m. Not live, but definitely come and check it out because we got great information. We're previewing and we're reviewing everything that happened from Media Day on the show coming up tomorrow. And of course, we'll have coverage of Penn State practice and all that stuff this week. So I'm Thomas Frank Carr. He's Sean Fitz. We'll talk to you then.